Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen, amen, amen. so thankful we get to play a part in building God's house. Just brick by brick, day by day, weekend by weekend. Just so thankful we get to play a part in an eternal story that is the greatest story that'll ever be told. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise in the room tonight. So good, so good to see you in the room. Before you're seated, just just one minute before you're seated. Let's let's take a quick minute. Welcome everybody who's here for the first time. Everybody who's watching online. So thankful that you're tuning in with us. And so good to see all of you in church this weekend. You can be seated. Uh, I'm going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Uh, in just a moment, we've been in a collection called the Kingdom Collection, and I want to get into week three of the Kingdom Collection. I'm I, I'm passionate in this teaching that we're in. I want it to be something that that sustains. I want it to be something that sort of marks our church a little bit. We started with week one talking about when we don't understand the kingdom, we misrepresent the king. And as a, as a church, as, as Christians, I want to represent who Jesus is, and I want to represent and I want to advance his mission in the earth and I want to I want to get into the the purpose of the church in regards to the kingdom of God this weekend uh, I have one message at this there's so much I would love to share I'm going to share just a facet of what I believe is the the purpose and the heart behind why Jesus called us to be his church and advance his kingdom and Matthew chapter 16 we just sang a song about this passage of scripture and Matthew chapter 16 Jesus is responding to something his apostle Peter had just said and he said I tell you you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to preach this weekend about kingdom keys. That we've been given the keys of the kingdom of God. I want to to talk about that just a little bit. And just to give you some context of where we're at when we read Matthew chapter 16. uh, Jesus has taken his, his disciples outside of Jewish territory. Caesarea Philippi was a, was a pretty carnal city in the Jewish mindset. And they didn't even go to Caesarea Philippi. They're outside of a city. So it's just literally him and an eclectic group of young men that have, that he's got following him. And, and they're outside of a city. They have no political, uh, standing. They have no social standing. And Jesus responds to a moment. He's asked his disciples, who are people saying that I am? What's, what's the culture around talking about? And, and their, their feedback to Jesus about 
who people are saying that he is. And it was Peter who had this moment when Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he had a personal experience and revelation with the person of Jesus Christ. And by the way, my prayer for every person that's sitting in this room, for every person who may just accidentally scroll by Coast Life Church, (laughs) my prayer is you'd have a personal experience with the power and presence of Jesus Christ. That's my prayer for you. Everything changes when you have your own revelation of Jesus. Just Everybody can give you religion and, and all kinds of things, but there's just something that changes the human heart when we encounter who Jesus is. And Jesus is responding. Peter has this moment. He's still going to be a mess in just a few minutes, but in this moment, he's had this incredible revelation. And Jesus is responding to this moment, and he said, it's on this rock. It's on this type of experience. It's on this revelation. It's on this encounter that I'm going to build something. And Jesus introduces a word for the very first time in this passage, and connects it to his most frequent message. If you've been following along for the past few weeks, Jesus' most frequent message was the kingdom of God. And Jesus is going to choose a word, and he's going to connect it to the kingdom. And if this is the first time Jesus chose this word, and Jesus chose this word, how many of you know that this is an important word? Jesus could have used any word that he wanted to use, but he strategically chose a word, and the word that he chose was the word, and this is the first time we hear it in scripture, it's the word church. He said, I want, upon this rock, what, what is this? What is church? Church is a collective group of people who have experienced personally the power of Jesus Christ. That we're all either here because we're interested and we're curious and we're wanting to find out what church is about. Most of us are here because somewhere, someday, and all, most of us could take you back to the spot where we encountered Jesus Christ for ourselves. And all of us together, we've personally encountered Jesus, but we've been called corporately to follow him. And Jesus chooses this word. It's an interesting word, ecclesia. And the word ecclesia just simply means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly. It was actually the word ecclesia, uh, before Jesus kind of takes it and gives it a new meaning, it was actually a, a political gathering. And it's interesting because Jesus wanted to specifically gather his uh, people. He wanted there to be a gathering. uh, uh, He envisioned a gathering of people that would be the church. But he didn't didn't want it to stay in a synagogue. He he didn't want it to just stay in, in a religious place. Jesus chose a word that would help us understand he didn't just come to live in church houses. He wanted to visit the whole community. <laughs> that Jesus didn't just want to stay in a synagogue. He wanted to touch the whole city. That Jesus didn't come just so his, his teaching would be for religious people. Jesus came for the whole community. And so he didn't build into us an idea of I'm going to be a different type of religion. Jesus came in and said, I'm going to set up a church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And it's going to visit every place, everywhere, every segment of society. This church, this kingdom is for everybody. And he uses, it's, it's interesting that he uses a political terminology, not that he was trying to be political like we're political, but what he's defining is that the kingdom of God is the government of God on the earth today. 
Like what's the kingdom of God? It's the government of God. It's, it's the rule and reign of, of a leader and a king, and his name is Jesus. And it's the, the kingdom of God is the government of God. It's his will, his way, his word, his righteousness, his justice, his truth established in the world today. And then he said, I'm going to give the church, I'm going to give the church the keys of the kingdom, which means the church is the administration of the government of God. And when Jesus is saying this, the, the primary leader of the day would have been uh, someone named Caesar, and Caesar was the leader of Rome, and Caesar had his senate, but Jesus said, I'm going to start something, and Jesus said, I'm going to have my church. My, my church is going to administrate the kingdom of God on the earth today. Number one is this, I want to give you three points about the kingdom of God, about kingdom keys. Number one is this, the church has the keys to administrate the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gave us the keys to administrate, and it's an important difference, but we don't have the keys to the kingdom, we have the keys of the kingdom. In other words, it's not our kingdom, we, we don't get to dictate and determine what it does, we just get to be stewards of what God is doing. And it's important to understand this, this isn't our kingdom, this is, this is his kingdom. So we don't make decisions on earth and then heaven has to respond to what we decided. No, we find alignment on earth with what God has already established and that's how we administrate the kingdom of heaven. And it's by, by faith and through obedience we access the will and purpose of God from heaven to our earth. And it's important because if not, then we'll define our own morality and we'll define our own truth and then we'll try to impose it on scripture thinking that we have keys that we don't have. I don't have keys to the kingdom. I've been entrusted with the keys of the kingdom and I don't dictate from earth what heaven is or who Jesus is. I bring heaven and who Jesus is into the earth today. And keys represent access and authority. So that's what those represent. We have, Jesus gave us access that is not, there's the world, but there is a heaven that Jesus gave us access to. And I I just want you to understand this, the the heavens can be open over your life. We We need the heavens open over our church. We need the heavens open over our nation. That's why it's so important that we understand the teaching of the kingdom of God. And the the church has keys to bind and loose. And there's so much theological debate around these. But it's really a a, a rabbinical term. Because a a rabbi, Jesus is borrowing something from their culture and using it to apply and teach them about his kingdom. A rabbi had the authority to bind and loose. In other words, he had the ability to forbid and release. So his, if you were following a rabbi, he would forbid some things and he would permit or allow certain other things. And, and the, the keys to bind and loose is how we find out what is heaven allowed. If God's allowed it, let's, let's release it. If, if heaven has forbid it, then we bind it. Like That's our responsibility. And we build the church. The church has those keys to bind and to loose. We, we find out. And so we, we, we gather as the church. Church is where we gather in his name. We operate in his character. We establish his word. We experience his presence and power. And in doing so, we advance his kingdom on the earth today. 
And it's incredible because Jesus tells these 12 men, uh, they're all young men, they, they have no standing, they have, they have no resources, they have, they're in the middle of nowhere. Jesus doesn't give them the keys to a building, he doesn't give them the keys to a safe house, he doesn't give them the keys to, to some treasury, he, they have nothing, they, they have no political might, they have no resources, they have no money, they have no finances, and Jesus tells 12 people, I'm about to give you something and the gates of hell will not prevail against what I'm about to hand you. I'm not handing you buildings. I'm not handing you this. I'm handing you the keys of the kingdom of God. And here we are 2,000 years later declaring the church is moving forward. No opposition can stop it. Nothing can stop. Because it's not built on material things. It's built on the keys of the kingdom of God. They had no royalty, no, no secular influence, just 12, many of them uneducated. Jesus hands them these keys. How many of you know we, we need to use the keys God gave us? They have power. We, we operate, we, we preach Jesus in the kingdom of God. We, we worship Jesus and the kingdom advances. We pray in Jesus' name and the kingdom advances. We teach the principles of Jesus and the kingdom advances. We sow in faith and trust and the kingdom expands. We are the administration of the kingdom of God. And it's, it's hard to preach about the keys because the, the temptation, and I'm actually going to share something that impacted my life that was a sermon around this, but the temptation is when I went, came into this, I'm going to like do three keys to the kingdom. And, and the problem is, is that anytime you preach a message, it's not nearly exhaustive enough. Like there's just so much. And it's, it's tempting to preach three keys to the, to the kingdom, uh, which is, it's great, but we have to understand what, what are the keys because there's a lot of thought and debate around what Jesus is saying when he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of God. And, and to just give it some definition, Jesus said this in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 10. He, he's talking to his disciples and he said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. What's Jesus talking about? He's like, the reason why Jesus, if you've ever read the Bible, Jesus tells these stories called parables. They're, they're not real stories. They're stories that Jesus creatively imagined. He, he postured them so that in hearing the stories, we could understand how the kingdom of God works. And Jesus said, the reason why I'm doing this is because those who have faith will be able to see what I'm talking about, and those who don't have faith won't see what I'm talking about. And in doing this, I'm entrusting you with knowledge about the kingdom of God. And I, I'm going to give you this knowledge that's it's, it's secret in the sense that it's, it's not hidden. It just takes faith in order to have the eyes to see it. If you see Jesus, then you see his kingdom. If you, if you don't see Jesus, then all of this makes no sense. And, and the knowledge of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, it's been given to you. It's, it, it's knowledge. I'm giving you, I'm giving you knowledge. Again, Matthew chapter 13, 45, Jesus would always, he would start off with sayings like this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he would, he would share information and knowledge. And so the keys of the kingdom is the knowledge and wisdom of God brought to us through the teachings of Jesus and the word of God. 
That's, that's the keys of the kingdom. of It's, it's the knowledge of God. It's, it's the wisdom of God that is brought to us through the word of God. The, this information, this knowledge gives us access to things that the world doesn't have access to. It, because it's teaching me how to pray and access heaven. It's teaching me how to give and access blood. Does this make sense? It's teaching me how to worship. It's, te- it's the keys of the kingdom of God. And so here's the second thing about the keys is we administrate the kingdom of heaven by teaching the wisdom wisdom and knowledge of God. It's, it's knowledge and wisdom from God that's, that's for your life, that's for the world today. And, and the wisdom and knowledge of God has the power to bring the presence of God. If, if you know how to pray, you know how to bring the presence of God. If you know how to worship, you know how to bring and access the presence of God. If you know how to have faith, you know how to access the power of God. It, it's, it's the ability to access what God has, to live under the blessing of God. If you, know how, if you know how to use godly wisdom, you can live under the blessing of God. If you know how to use the knowledge and wisdom of God, then you can live under the protection of God. You can experience the power and presence of the kingdom of God and it comes through living under the knowledge and wisdom of what God has given us through his word knowledge is powerful and the lack of knowledge is destructive Hosea said this Hosea 4 and 6 he said my people are destroyed it's God speaking through the prophet Hosea my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I reject you from being a priest to me and since you have forgotten the law of your God I will also forget your children a lack of knowledge destroys the ministry of the church and the lack of ministry of the church is destructive to the next generation because what's not prioritized in one generation isn't present in the next generation we're, we're building the church today so a future generation can enjoy the kingdom of God tomorrow. Like that's, that's what we're doing. And it's, it's the lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed. I, 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 the wrong information, the, the wrong knowledge, the wrong ideas get sown into a person's life. It can get sown into our lives. You ever just made bad decisions because you had bad information? We've all done it becomes destructive bad information bad instruction gets into a world it begins to be destructive and and we're in a battle with human reasoning and heavenly wisdom We're, we're in a battle with the rationale of fallen man and the wisdom of god that comes through the word of god that is only seen and understood through faith in jesus christ The Bible says it's in your light that we see light. It's not till I see who Jesus is that I can know who I am so I can see what the world should be. Does this make sense, anybody? And so we're dealing with a a battle between thinking, between, between the way God wants us to think and what the Bible calls a debased mind. That there, there is a way of thinking. Paul said this in, in, in Romans 1. I want you to see this. Romans 1 verses 28 through 32. He said, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. 
They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips. They're slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful. I love this one. Inventors of evil. What did you do today? I invented three new ways to be evil. Like you're <laughs> inventors of evil. Disobedient to parents. A lack of faith always destroys the family. Disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's, de- God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but watch this, they give approval to those who practice them. They, they give approval. We're, we're battling to establish as the church, we're battling with culture to determine what's approved. One, one kingdom says this, the kingdom of darkness says, act on every desire, act on every thought, act on every emotion, uh, approve whatever comes from the mind of fallen humanity that doesn't acknowledge God. You don't acknowledge God, so God says you can think how you want to think. You can believe how you want to believe. You can, you can respond to every desire, every desire you have. You can just respond to it because you don't acknowledge me, then you're going to pull all your ideas and all your information out of a place of your fallen humanity, and that's, that is where then there's going to come approval. Like, hey, if you think it, if you feel it, if it seems right in your mind, do it. But on the other side, there's another side, and we're on this side, we're on the kingdom of God, and we say, listen, don't lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, watch this, acknowledge God, and he will direct your paths. God will take you to a good place. And it's challenging to teach on keys of the kingdom, because the reality is, is that there isn't just one key or a few keys. We have 66 books of keys. Like this whole Bible, it it contains keys to the kingdom of God. Genesis is full of keys. The main one is God created the heavens and the earth and he created you. You didn't evolve from something. You were in the mind of a creator who fashioned you and not only did he fashion you, he created a plan for your life. You know what that is? That's a kingdom key for your life. You didn't just show up here. God had a plan for you and he's a good creator. (laughs) Exodus full of keys. Exodus, full of keys. It's, it, one of them is this. Sin is going to have dominion over you, but by the blood you can be set free. That's a kingdom key. Leviticus, full of keys. Another, like Orchestrate and, and, and design your life around the ways of God. Be meticulous about organizing your life around the ways of God. Deuteronomy, full of keys. I'm going to set before you blessing and I'm going to set before you curse. I'm not putting those on you. I'm just giving you the ability. Do you want to choose the blessing or do you want to choose the curse and God says choose my ways it'll lead you to bless that's a kingdom key the psalms full of keys but the big one is God will be close to you in your brokenness you can pour your heart out to him and if you'll learn worship he'll come sit with you and you'll find his presence and healing proverbs every proverb is a key don't co-sign for your neighbor on a loan there you go God bless you an incredible kingdom key 
I don't care how good of a friend they are. Don't co-sign alone with them. Brilliant kingdom key. The gospels, they're all kingdom keys. Here's the big ones. Jesus is God and he came to earth and he paid the price for our sin. And there's only one way to have relationship with God and it's through Jesus Christ. And we can have confidence in eternal life because there's an empty grave. That's the kingdom of, that's a kingdom key. Listen, listen, Acts, a kingdom key. God's still building his church and miracles are still happening and the Holy Spirit's still being poured out. Revelation, full of kingdom keys. We're in a cosmic battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. But Jesus is going to prevail and his kingdom is going to conquer. It's the keys. And here's the deal. I want to encourage you, don't take the keys for granted. Don't take for granted what you've been given. Don't take for granted those lessons you got taught in Sunday school. Don't take for granted the grandmother who taught you something. She's trying to open to you a kingdom that isn't of this world. It has power and authority, and it'll give you access to a heaven that can be open over your life. And so God says we use this wisdom, we use this knowledge. It's not, I don't get to determine what the wisdom and knowledge is because it's not my kingdom. I just get entrusted with it. Does this make sense to anybody? So I don't get to go to the Bible and say, well, I think this is right, so that's what I want the Bible to say. And God said, I want you to use the keys to bind and loose. So we have to, we have to realize our responsibility is the world wants to preach approval based on a debased mind. We have to preach approval based on the mind of God. So as the church, we have to get comfortable in our role. And it's not one person. I'm so thankful for how Jesus set up the church. He's like, I'm not going to have you elect a bishop because people are faulty. I'm going to be the head of my own church. And I'm going to give you my word. And then based on my word, I want you to bind and loose. And we just need to bind and loose. We need to bind and loose. We need to say that's approved. That's not approved. We need to bind telling children that they're born in the wrong body. And we need to loose. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. You were made in the image of the almighty God. Like that's, that's what we need. We need to, we need to bind. Like that's not forbidden that you, that you're in the wrong body. What is permitted, what is released is that God made you, he fashioned you, he shaped you and you were made perfect in the image of God. And if you feel different, it's because you're unique and God wants you to stand out, not fit in with everybody else. We need to bind telling people to act on every impulse that you have. And we need to lose, Hey, honor God with your sexuality and you'll find blessing and enjoyment. We need to bind redefining marriage according to the world standard and we need to loose defining marriage according to God's standard. We need to bind telling people that truth is relative and we need to loose that there is objective truth. It's not my truth. It's not your truth. It's God's truth and it's the truth that will set you free. We need to bind. We need to bind. We need to say, it doesn't matter your party, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. We need to bind corruption in public officials. If you're corrupt, if you're using your platform for abuse, then we bind that. But we also need to loose that we're supposed to honor those who serve us well. In other words, we don't defund the police. We honor those who serve us well. And we say, we honor you. We bless you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for keeping law in order. Thank you for making sure our communities are at peace. 
And so it's not that we just blatantly take a side. It's no, if there's corruption, we bind that, but we loose honor on the men and women who serve us well. And here's the problem is people think these are American values and we need to differentiate. That's not an American value. That's out of Romans 13. That's a kingdom value. That's the kingdom of God. And we need to quit thinking that it's because of our nationality. I hope these values are in our nation, but if they're not in our nation, it didn't come from our nation. It came from the wisdom of the word of God. And we have keys to bind and loose. And here's, here's the great news. It's number three is, is there's so many, 66 books of keys, but one key can set you free. <laughs> one key can bind thoughts that are holding you captive. One key can loose all of heaven over your life. We're in a, we're in a building campaign. We're going to receive an offering in a few minutes. And, and through this whole process of being in this building campaign and raising money and, and working on a, on a building, I've been, I've been reminiscing because I remember being in the early days of, of Coast Life Church. This was actually this weekend was, was just before we were Coast Life Church. We hadn't transitioned and done our relaunch. If, if none of this makes sense to you, go to Growth Track, hear the, hear the story of our church. And, and we were in a bad situation. There was, there was nobody, less than 20 people in the church. and There was no finances. And I'm, Heidi and I were, were basically penniless and, and we're in a bad situation. And I, I, I'll just tell you, like it was, uh, I was struggling with so much victim mentality. One, one weekend, our offering for the church was less than $200 and our FPL bill was over $700. And it was just, it was just bad financial situations. And I want to, I want to honor my parents. They're in this church. My mom and dad sent us money for years. Heidi's parents sent us money for years. Her grandpa was going to send money to an evangelist on TV. And her, my father-in-law said, why don't you send that to Jason and Heidi? And he faithfully gave and come on, would you just honor them for me? Cause we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. They, they, were, they were doing what they could, but it wasn't enough to sustain a church. And if we had a, two small kids, a family of four, and I, I was just in such a, a victim mentality. I was in such a poverty mentality. Why aren't, you know, people supporting us? We, we did have support, but it, there wasn't. And here's, here's the... The easy thing to, you know, there's all these churches, big churches with all this money. And, you know, you get into, that's victim, that's poverty. Start getting bitter. I was walking through some hurt, church hurt, good old church hurt. It wasn't church hurt, I can name the people. But um, <laughs> just, I got dishonor in my heart. I'm not going to lie. It's like, I had a, out of hurt, I had dishonor. And a, a, a mentor, a friend of mine was in town. It was actually the weekend everything changed. 
uh, for multiple reasons, but he preached a message called Five Keys to the Kingdom. And I don't remember the first four. <laughs> but the last one, I was sitting there in my victim mentality, my poverty, and my hurt. And the last key that he did was the key of tithing and generosity. And he said, if you'll tithe, if you'll be generous, it'll, Malachi 3.10, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out more than you. And you ever just had the day where that word was for you? It hit me. And in that moment, every victim mentality, every poverty thought got bound by one key of the kingdom of God. And faith came in my life. Faith. And we went through... We went through a season, I went through a season of radical generosity, just radical generosity. And I, I just stand here confidently telling you, if you will acknowledge God, God will direct your paths. How do I know that? Because now you're sitting in a church that is building million dollar buildings when we couldn't pay a $700 FPL bill. Why? Because the heavens, heaven, <laughs> heaven has touched this house. That's all I know how to tell you. And if you'll just receive, and if you'll just on your own life, just I'm going to bind that. That's not God's thought. And I'm going to lose this. All of heaven can be available over your life. Come on, would you stand, God, stand, give God some praise. All of heaven. You can have heavens open over your life. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what key's going to hit you. There, there's 66 books of them. You, you might need to know, God, your identity should be shaped that by a creator that your identity should be shaped by what God says about you not what your parents said I don't know what the key is I just know there's a whole 66 books of keys and each one of them has the power to just begin to bind and to loose to release the blessing of God over your life and I want to I want to pray for you is that I believe the entry point to the kingdom of God is faith in Jesus that if you, if you find a moment, and here's, here's my prayer for everybody watching online, everybody in this room, my prayer for you, my, my heart for you, is that in this moment, there'd be just a genuine experience with the grace of Jesus Christ. A, a moment with the love of Jesus Christ. And how do, how do you receive that? Romans 10 and 9, I, I love reading this verse. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I always misquote this verse, I do. I always say, if you believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth. But it's actually the opposite. It's if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And I think maybe one of the reasons that is, is maybe we don't really believe it until we say it. Until we let it come out of our mouth. I'm forgiven. Jesus has forgiven me. I'm a child of God. I just want to lead, lead us in a prayer, all of those, that maybe today you're just not in a place where you've experienced, like it, you're here, but you've never had that moment where you know in your heart who Jesus is. Listen, that's, that's what our church exists for. There's an abundant life for you, my friend, to receive the incredible grace of God, peace like you've never known, hope like you've never known, and it comes not not from a preacher, not from a church. It comes from Jesus himself. Like, what do I want for you? I want you to know Jesus personally in a real and personal way. And 
If you don't have that type of relationship, maybe you have and you need to reconnect. Come on, all across this moment. I want to lead us in a prayer. This is going to be our moment to build our faith. And in just a moment, I'm going to lead us in a confession. And somebody's going to define today that this is my day to put faith in Jesus and walk out of this room with confession saying, I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, all across this room online, would you just pray this prayer with me? Would you just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you, come into my heart, come into my life. Make yourself known to me. I want to know you in a personal way. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader, my Lord, and my King. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give God some praise in the room? Anybody feel a moment of faith for somebody in your life? It may be somebody online. It may be somebody in this room. But I'm just feeling like this is your moment of faith of like saying, hey, uh, today I'm receiving. Today I'm experiencing the grace of God. And here's what happens is that we have grow track. That's how you can join Coast Life Church, but you don't join the church. You're born into the church through personal experience, and you're about to join the family of God. I'm believing. I'm going to count to three just so you have that moment of saying, I know what my heart's feeling, but I'm going to solidify it by confessing it with my mouth that this is the reality. Jesus is Lord. I've got a relationship with him. Come on, in this room, online, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three online, type Jesus in all caps in this room. When I get to three, would you just raise your hand? That's going to be your confession today that I know Jesus personally as the leader and Lord of my life. Come on, Coast Life family, you ready? Let's give them some encouragement on the count of three. One, two... If that was you and you just prayed that prayer with three, would you raise raise your hand all across the room to say, change, following Jesus. Come on, one more time. Give them a great hand. Say welcome to the family of God. And if you'll, if you'll just remain standing with me, we're going to transition into a time of generosity. You may have already prepared your giving before you got here, but if you haven't prepared your giving, I want to encourage you, go ahead and get ready to give. We're going we're gonna to give and give an opportunity to give, especially to our establishing Heaven on Earth building campaign. And over, over a year ago, we, we started this campaign called Establishing Heaven on Earth because I wanted, I wanted to make sure that we didn't lose focus by just getting focused on buildings and properties but I wanted us to keep an eternal perspective that we're building the kingdom of God, amen? Through our generosity, through our faith, through our serving, through our labor, God's kingdom is being built. And uh, I think we're closing in on 600 people who have made decisions for Christ just right here in this building this year alone. We've we've been baptizing like incredible baptism weekends and, and it's just in this, confinement of space that God is doing something and we started establishing heaven on earth it's our giving campaign and we we figured that our new facility might be flying around behind me but we figured our new facility will be able to host 800 in the auditorium and then we'll be able to host at least another 200 plus in our in our kids environments and so we decided like how could we 
break down the number that we needed in order to make this project a reality, which is 2.5 million? How could we break that down and make it manageable? And so we just took a thousand people in this property and we divided it by 2.5 million. And it comes down to at 1,000 seats, it means $2,500 for every chair in the building. Is ever that makes sense, everybody? Everybody watching online, nod yes, that makes sense. Okay. And many of you will remember we asked, hey, would you pray about over the course of this campaign? Like, can you establish one seat? Can you establish two seats? Maybe you can establish a seat for your whole family, like four people. Five. Some of you are regretting having so many children right now, but um, like, what, what could you do? Some of you, may, maybe God's blessed you. You could take a whole row. You could take a whole section. And if you want to make a significant investment, listen, I want to talk to you because I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. We're going to build a church that hell can't handle. I'm ready to go. But and, but I, so a thousand seats of $2,500, $2.5 million is a lot of money. We, we're, we're a church that has some strength and some size, but even that is like, it's a big deal. Out of a thousand seats, we've already established 656 seats already. Already. And, and construction is, is just about to start here in the very near future. And it's really important, really important. I want you, we've, we've done well. Thank you to everybody who's given. But today, I want to focus on the 344 seats that remain. We, we've made incredible progress. And so here's what I want to ask this weekend. I want to ask everybody who's a part of our church, would you just pray about what kind of investment you can make today? Maybe you can establish one seat, two seats, three seats, four seats. Maybe you, you don't know who they are, but I don't want to devalue any gift because you might think, man, I only have this much to give, but somebody else has this much to give and God's going to do the work. Does that make sense, everybody? But there are many of us in this room that maybe our, our goal, our, we are a family of four, like Heidi and I, we want to, we want to put four seats in this auditorium. That's, uh, that's our goal. And, and 344 seats at $2,500 gives us the ability to finish this incredible building campaign. And can we just believe maybe, maybe we could just knock this out this weekend, 344 seats? And maybe, maybe we do... We do, we do four services with no less than 200 people in them. So that's, that's 90 of us taking at least a seat. If you take four or five or whatever you can do according to your means, the Bible says not to give under compulsion. You shouldn't feel manipulated to give. I just want to give you the vision and the faith. But maybe you could do a chair. Maybe you could do two chairs, maybe three or four. But I just want to walk you through. Like here's, here's a brand new auditorium right here. 800 seats and I want to walk you through what your $2,500 or your 5,000 or your 75 whatever you're doing is somebody somebody's going to sit in this chair right here you see that chair <laughs> somebody's going to sit in that seat and find eternal life for the very first time there's there's going to be a couple they're going to sit in the, they're going to try to sit in the back the host team's going to move them all the way down here and they're going to they're gonna look so sharp. They're going to drive in in a nice car. And what nobody's going to know is that they're on their last legs in their marriage. And they're calling it quits. And God's word is going to get a hold of them. And it's going to heal that marriage. And it's going to save that family. That's what's going to happen in those seats. This guy right here, he's going to get healed at a night of prayer. That's what's going to happen. Can we just believe? that God's gonna do amazing things. 
And then here's what's going to happen. That's 800 seats, so $2,500 is going to make all that happen. And then go to the kids' building. Go to the kids' auditorium. This is one of these seats. One of, one of our kids is going to go sit in there, and the world's going to tell them all kinds of stuff, and they're going to hear, God made you. God created you. You're here for a purpose. God has a call on your life. Jesus died for you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Come on. And then I want to go to the lobby. I know it, it doesn't seem significant, but that space, you know, there's going to be people who walk in. One, they're going to think, I didn't know this is what church was because of the design and all of that. But they're going to come in and somebody's going to have told them, if I walk into church, the building will burn down. I don't belong there. And somebody's going to have a conversation with one of our incredible serve teams and they're going to find out, I belong here. I have a place here. I can be a part of this. So I want to encourage you in your giving. And you can give three different ways, but you, if you're giving your normal tithes and offerings, use the generosity envelopes. If you, if you want to give specifically towards legacy, there's some instructions on the screen. There's legacy envelopes. So if you'll use the legacy envelope, it'll go straight towards the building. Um, this, this moment is, is so powerful because it has the ability to propel us into the season of construction, of building a church that's literally going to revolutionize, I believe, our community, our city. I believe God's kingdom is going to advance. So if you want to give, you can, you can text your gift in. You can go online, mycoastlifechurch.com. Um, if you're giving towards the building, use, use the word legacy and the amount when you text. If you're giving online, uh, select the legacy fund. And we're going to pray. And let's pray over this construction process. Let's pray over this building. Let's pray that God expands his kingdom through our church. Anybody want to believe that with me right now? Father, I pray over this giving. I pray over this giving. I pray that this, this 5 p.m. service will lead this weekend strong. That God, we, we will begin to see these 344 seats. God, we declare that. We're not just going to give barely enough that we're actually going to exceed that number. We're going to see so much resources come into your house and lives are going to be changed and your kingdom is going to advance and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, God bless you as you give. Hey, thank you for joining us and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and God bless you.